This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living. We are very excited to share all about our favorite new plant-based protein powders by Sprout Living. Sprout Living is delicious, and we really appreciate the nourishing quality ingredients. Sprout Living protein powders are all USDA organic, vegan, grain-free, soy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, kosher, and non-GMO with a pumpkin seed, yellow pea, and sunflower seed protein blend that offers up to 26 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods, herbs, and spices. They offer sample packs so you can try all their delicious flavors, including original chocolate maca, vanilla lucuma, and green kingdom. What makes Sprout Living different from most plant-based powders is that they avoid the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. I love to use the chocolate maca blend with cashew butter, chia seeds, flax milk, frozen blueberries, and spinach to make a decadent smoothie that tastes just like a chocolate shake. If you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using code CWPODCAST. Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20% off. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money-back guarantee. Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find direct links in the show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. 
Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How is that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health a key player in your mental health and cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CW podcast to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We have a really, really deep and vulnerable and beautiful conversation with Rachel Katz um, that we'll get to in a second. But before we do, we're going to share our weekly updates. And we have a bunch. We have a lot of good stuff to share this week. And Ellie, you're back on U.S. soil. Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you so much. I was in France for the last week and a half, and it was so lovely and beautiful. Um, and I am back. I'm definitely fighting the jet lag for sure, which is, you know, worth it, but, (laughs) but I've been a little draggy, um, but it was a beautiful trip and it was so interesting because, you know, I think about like how different life was there just like on the daily basis when the way that we ate throughout the day and cooked and drank wine, I have to say, so interesting. I'm not a big wine drinker here. I enjoy wine, but, um, I usually don't feel great. Even after drinking a glass, like uh, the next day I'll feel it. Um, and I probably drank more wine than I ever have in my entire life in France, if I'm being honest. Um, and I didn't feel hung over once I didn't feel, yucky. I didn't feel lethargic. Um, it's really interesting. And what I learned 
is that they don't put sulfur, they don't use sulfur in the process mm. um, there. And, you know, we talk about the sulfites in wine a lot, but they're a used as a preservative. And um, even a lot of the European wines that get exported um, are different than the ones that might not be exported or the ones you consume locally. And yeah, it's interesting, but it's made me very clear that I definitely want to drink less, even less wine here because I just felt such a difference in the quality of it and, and the way that it had the effect on my body. So I thought that was really interesting. That is. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say too, in the United States, I mean, I think we know this and it's interesting because Rachel in this episode talks about why she doesn't drink alcohol. Um, and you know, I know most of our listeners know I haven't, and I think I mentioned it in this episode too. I'm not, I'm not drinking for the year. So through September, but I, I've like, it started shocking me because I love wine. I am, I'd say I was the bigger wine drinker of the two of us when I was drinking. And it really shocked me, like learning about, you know, just unsurprisingly the way everything is made in the United States, but they even will use shrimp shells to make red wine more red or something. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I think there's no, there's, you know, the way, um, beverages and alcoholic beverages are, they're not like regulated by the FDA. So I think, and we've had this conversation with like the people from Bali who are on the show and even the Starla, the women from Starla, who is an, it's a non-alcoholic wine brand, but we've had these conversations before, but I think because they aren't required to list ingredients on alcoholic beverages. It's a free for all. They can do whatever they want. It's way less, unless it's like a biodynamic or organic, like officially labeled, um, wine or company. Like there's a lot of leeway in there and you know, who knows what you're having a reaction to. Yeah. So it's not surprising that you had that. People have those experiences all the time in Europe. I think we talked about that on our intro for Coop Blackson's episode, right? It was like that viral TikTok about like the same food, same packages, but yeah. different countries and it has different ingredients, right? It's oh, so, totally. And different so sugar. I mean, even though it's like, yes, I probably had a croissant like every single day I was there. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't know. I was observing. I was just trying to like peek at, you know, certain labels and things. Most of the food we had was literally from my in-laws garden, which was awesome or local stuff. They even have chickens that lay eggs in the morning. I mean, it, mm. it was pretty awesome, but, um, like I looked at a lemonade bottle and what, what would be the equivalent of that kind of lemonade bottle would probably have like something close to a can of soda as far as sugar goes here in the States. And it had four and a half grams of sugar. Yeah. It was was really nice. It was a really like refreshing lemonade. It didn't have 25 grams of sugar. So it was just so interesting. There's just a lot more regulations in the way that like they handle their food, even their packaged foods. And, um, Yeah. So anyway, one fascinating aspect of, you know, which we hear all the time as far as Europe goes, but, um, I enjoyed that. (laughs) I enjoyed that element of it. I I enjoyed watching all of your Instagram stories and seeing, you know, or your partner's Instagram stories. Allie's not a big Instagrammer. So, but her partner, her husband, uh, 
Instagrammed a lot and I was really enjoying, I felt like I was in France. So, um, yeah, I'm also sad. You're I'm happy you're home, but I'm sad. I'm like, Oh, I miss my daily stories of what's going on in, in the countryside of France. It sounds yeah. lovely. And on my end over yes. here, what have you been, been up to? It's funny. I have some food updates. I can also share some drink updates, you know, since I am off alcohol for the year. It'll be a year in at the end of September. So a couple more months, I've been really enjoying like non-alcoholic alternatives or mocktails. And recently I really enjoyed, um, I'm enjoying can euphorics their summer mm. bloom flavor. It's like, I guess supposed to be like their rose. I don't know if it has like notes of strawberry it's pink ish, right? Like it's like a but it's delicious and I'm really enjoying that. And then food wise, I'm, you know, <laughs> this will be my last, I, you know, I'm sure I, I hope the puppy updates. This isn't really a puppy update for anybody who is new to the podcast. I have a brand new puppy. She's three months old and meal delivery has really saved my life right now. Cause I'm so tired. You know, our sleep schedule is off and, um, I am cooking and meal prepping some things in big batches. Like I just made a PFF plus protein, healthy fat and fiber pasta salad that I prepped for the week for lunches, but dinners can be hard and it's nice to have meals around. So I've done, I'm still doing, I'm doing a combination. I got model meals again, and I'm really enjoying model meals a lot. It's like a whole 30 paleo friendly meal delivery. Danica Bryce is the founder. She's incredible. And so that's like paleo whole 30. And then I'm also, I did Saqqara last week, which I love, which is all organic plant-based plant forward food. And I only did it for two days. I did them breakfast, lunch, and dinner Thursday and Friday. And it was some of the best. I mean, like all their meals are delicious and chef crafted, but I don't know what it was. These two days of food were like the best meals I've ever had from Saqqara. I had, I mean, I love orange flavored Mm -hmm. things and it was like an orange blueberry waffle for breakfast one day with, um, berries and it was so good. And then lunch was like this big, uh, berry salad. Like it was, um, they called it like the sexiest salad in New York city. And it was just like all these different greens and seeds and nuts and like fresh peaches and blueberries and raspberries. It was so delicious. And their dressings, I hope they bottle their dressings are so good. And, um, I think dinner that night was like, uh, Ethiopian plate, which was mm. so good. I had soba noodles the next day. And, um, and it was interesting. Cause I know sometimes it can be on like the sweeter side, especially their breakfast. Actually, I did save Friday's breakfast as a dessert. Cause it was like this delicious coconut chocolatey breakfast bar. Mm-hmm. And, um, I saved it and had it as like a dessert on yeah, Friday. I'll do that too. But I read that like all of their meals do consider blood sugar balancing in them. So they are like every meal has protein, healthy fats and fibers in them. So they are, you know, making sure you're getting so many greens, so much protein and balancing your blood sugar in the process. And I felt so satisfied. Anyway, I could talk about Sakara forever. Um, but I loved it. And it's really helped me again, just having the combination of Sakara and model meals. Um, I just feel really good having these options in my fridge and yeah, it's helping again for all the moms of human children, my life. (laughs) I mean, I always had so much respect for, you know, 
parents, but becoming a puppy parent, I'm like, wow, how do people function? So meal prep helps. Um, we do have a code with Sakara. If anyone wants to try it for your first order, you can save 20% with code XO courageous. Yeah. Highly recommend using that on the meal delivery because it is a little pricey, but, um, it's, it's the I highest it's quality it. for sure. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. And you get the vegetables are so fresh. And I feel like sometimes with meal delivery, like it doesn't always taste so fresh, but they it's, it's amazing. And, um, yeah, I love it. And then we don't have a code for model meals, but I also suggest that, especially if you like a little bit more animal protein in your diet, yeah. I kind of like having the mixture of both. So those are my updates, I guess my, my, in the United States, can you forex and, um, and meal deliveries, but I, I feel like I'm eating really well. well and, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do feel, I think I shared last week that the puppy is forcing me to take such better care of myself because I'm really appreciating like when I get to sit down for a meal and, you know, when I get to wash my face, as I shared last week about my skincare routine. So anyway, those are my updates, Um, you know, fun stuff like that. And before we get to Rachel's episode, we do want to remind everyone that this episode is sponsored by milk and honey. And if you are following us on Instagram, we, posted some reels. We're, we're getting a little more active on TikTok um, yes. as our like older millennial selves trying. Thanks, I mean- thanks to our, <laughs> let's be honest. Thanks to our wonderful intern who is helping us, you know, build the TikTok content. Yes, <laughs> Malia. Oh my God. Thank you, Malia. She is, you know, she is amazing. So she's helping us, but we recently did share. The reason I bring that up is because Ali and I each made videos sharing our favorite milk and honey products that we get online at their boutique. And so you can go check that out on TikTok and on Instagram, but I thought it would be fun to share maybe some of our favorites that we shared. Ali, do you want to share yours? I think, yeah, I think I shared, um, the sort of all natural retinol alternative, which is called Bakukiol. We can never, we can never, I shared that too. Confident (laughs) that that's how we pronounce it. Um, yeah, Bakuki all. And then, um, I love their body polish scrub. Love, love, love. It's really exfoliating. I run dry as far as like my skin goes. And so it exfoliates really well. Um, it's also deeply hydrating and it's oil-based and it's just luxurious. So it makes you feel nice and nice and moisturized after a shower. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I said the Bakuki, Chial or Bakukial, the, the natural retinol alternative by Milk and Honey brand. I shared that too. I obviously shared the aluminum free baking soda free deodorant. Yes. I've used it for three years. It's my favorite ride or die product. And um, I also get my super goop glow screen from them, which I'm really enjoying this summer. Um, I use it every day and you can save 20% at the milk and honey online boutique, um, with or our spa too, or the spa, you can save uh, 20% there with code CW podcast. Yes, absolutely. So if you're in Texas, Los Angeles, or Chicago, oh, and Rachel is in Texas. So, um, for any of our Texas listeners, they have incredible spas, female founded, female funded. You can save 20% on any spa or med spa treatment, amazing massages, facials, all that good stuff. And for everyone, you can check out the super goop products, the milk and honey brand. They have OCM Malibu all at milk and honey, um, 
com CW podcast leaves you 20%. All of that is in our show notes, our link tree on Instagram everywhere, but we love milk and honey and you can check out our TikTok and see, see what's going on over there too, um, yes. which is at courageous wellness. But without further ado, I feel like we should get into this episode because it's just yeah. and so good. So good. So do you want to kick us off Allie? Yeah, sure. So today on the podcast, we welcome Rachel Cass, a nutritional scientist, yoga teacher, and wellness embodiment coach. Rachel's mission is to help you embody true wellness and align with your mind, body, and soul. So you can have healthier relationships with food, with yourself and to others. She is also host of the full life podcast and offers one-on-one coaching and a free self-love masterclass designed to help you fall in love with your most authentic self. In this episode, Rachel shares her powerful self-love journey, how she broke away from an unhealthy five-year toxic relationship, and she vulnerably opens up about why she doesn't drink alcohol. She also shares how she was able to truly love herself, heal her relationship with self, and create a beautiful life, offering tangible tips on how you can do the same. It's a really great conversation, and we appreciate Rachel for being so vulnerable with us today, and we hope you love it as much as we did. Well, thank you, Rachel, for joining us today. We are really looking forward to chatting with you. Um, Just to get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background, your own sort of personal journey, and how that's led you to the work that you now do? Yeah, of course. Thank you, first of all, so much for having me. I'm so, so, so excited. Um, My journey is definitely a long one, but I'll try to make it short and sweet. But when I was in high school, I really just wanted to feel better about myself and my body. So I started to work out more and eat healthier, but that slowly turned into an obsession, which led me to developing an eating disorder. And then my first year of college, I was starting to heal from my eating disorder, but I still had a really unhealthy relationship with food and my body and myself. And I was still really trying to figure out like, how can I have a good relationship with myself and my body and be confident in who I am. And at that time too, my mental health was really suffering. I had horrible anxiety and OCD. It was pretty much debilitating. So I really would like to say that's when my wellness journey like really began. And I took my first nutrition class in college and I fell in love and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, So that led me to changing my major to nutrition science and starting to really learn about the way that nutrition impacts you on so many levels, um, mind, body, and soul. So I just became obsessed with the way that food is able to heal us on all of those levels. Um, And then I really got into yoga, which saved my life um, when it came to my mental health and just feeling good in my body in general. Um, And then I became a yoga teacher and that's when my wellness journey really began. Um, But at this time, I because I still had a very unhealthy relationship with myself, I ended up in a really toxic, abusive relationship for five years. And my last year of college, we finally broke it off. And that's when my 
I guess my journey with really healing my relationship with myself on the deepest level and my spiritual journey really started. And I just, when I broke up with this person, I was so broken and felt so empty inside. And I was like, I never want to feel like this again. I never want to rely on someone else for my own happiness. And I never want to attract a toxic relationship like that into my life ever again. And I really wanted to understand like what was unhealed within me that made me stay in this toxic cycle for so long. Um, So that's when I really dove deep into my self-love journey and healing journey um, from past trauma. And it wasn't until I went on that journey, which was really hard and painful at the time, but was the best decision I ever made for myself. It wasn't until I did that and healed my relationship with myself and finally felt whole from within and just had an amazing relationship with myself that I was able to truly, truly heal everything else in my life. My relationship with food, my relationship with my body, my relationship with other people, with money, with my career, just everything changed when I went on that deeper journey of healing that relationship with myself. Um, And after I went on that journey, I realized that I didn't just want to be a nutritionist because wellness is so much more, as I'm sure you guys know, than just the food aspect. Um, And that's when I you know, began my business of being a wellness embodiment coach, because I really wanted to combine every aspect of wellness um, and teach that to my clients to help them, you know, have an amazing relationship with themselves, food, their bodies, others, and with their life and just be able to manifest the life that they deserve and dream of. Um, So yeah, that's a little bit about me and my journey. Thank you for sharing that. It's a really beautiful journey that I feel a lot of us can relate to. And I think I love, right. That you are a wellness embodiment coach because it is so much more than just right. The way you eat it's, it's the whole package. And I think it's really beautiful the way you described, like when you went through your self-love and healing journey, that that's when right? Like your relationship with food really changed. And that's when, right. You were able, when you left this toxic relationship. And I think even for myself, I had, um, you know, I'm an emotional eater. Like food has always been really emotional for me. And it's always an indicator for me of something like using food, right. Be it using food to emotionally eat or to obsess over whichever end of the spectrum that you fall on, I found for me, at least it, it also is it's masking something else, right? Like be it something else that I don't want to focus on. So it's easier to focus on food or focus on something else. So I'd love for you to maybe share with us a little bit more about that self-love and healing journey, because, um, like you said, it was like sticky when you went there, it's not fun. And I think a lot of us, when we start to heal and, and, and deal with our own self-love journeys. It's not, it's not easy, which is, I think why a lot of people don't want to do it or don't want to face it. So maybe you could help us unpack your self-love and healing journey a little bit more. Yeah, of course. Um, 
So when I broke up with my ex, I committed, first of all, to not dating anybody. Um, I didn't want to date from a place of, you know, feeling broken. So I really committed myself to that. And at that time, I also moved out of my parents' house. So it was my first time living on my own. And I just really forced myself to be with myself and spend time with myself. Um, And not in the way of like, you know, going on a walk, but talking on the phone with a friend at the same time, or like watching TV, I really made it a point to spend time in nature without any distractions, just me and myself and my own thoughts. Um, And that was really, really healing for me to just be with myself without any distractions. Um, So that was a really big part of my healing journey. Um, Number two, I would say is just allowing myself to feel all of the really yucky, deep emotions that I was feeling and just let myself go through it, let myself cry and scream and be angry and feel broken. Um, I honestly think I cried every single day for like, (laughs) I'm not even exaggerating for like a year straight but it was so healing. And, you know, I don't look at crying as something negative. I look at something so healing and just like, it's the greatest release for me. So I just really let myself cry and feel and just not run away from how I was feeling and journal about it and just sit with myself. I think that's really the biggest thing. Yeah. um, Thank you for sharing that first of all, but then also when you're speaking it, it really sounds like you, when you said not run away, it's like not avoid feeling what is the difficult emotions or what are the difficult emotions sometimes. And I think, I don't know where it comes from, but I think, um, culturally we're conditioned to, um, I, I, I think sometimes feel discomfort with our own emotions and feel discomfort seeing other people being emotional too. Um, and I was recently watching, it's based on the, um, her book Atlas of the heart. Um, but Brene Brown has a HBO series and I was recently, recently watching one of the episodes and she breaks down different emotions. There's like 70 something emotions that she goes through, but that talk, she talks about that. We're actually as human beings, um, we're really emotional feeling beings that think we're not thinking beings that feel like for so long, it's been the focus is that we are thinking intelligent beings that have emotions. But in fact, she's like all the research that's more like contemporary research that has been done around this subject matter is that we are actually feeling beings who have the ability to think and to allow ourselves to feel in a culture that teaches us, like sometimes feeling is a sign of weakness one way or the other, I think is really courageous for lack of a better word, because, um, it, it, because we know, and I think we've probably all learned this from experience and your story kind of shows this beautifully, but if we avoid feeling things that are there, it doesn't make it go away. it compounds it. And I think probably any human being who can relate to hearing a story about, or maybe experiencing something where they've like ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. And then 
was you're either forced to deal with it. If you don't choose to like take it on and say, Hey, I'm going to like sit through this discomfort. I'm going to trust that on the other side of this is actually like healing that my body knows what it's doing. Having the release of the tears, however you process the emotion, you know, is a part of it all a part of being a human. Um, if we don't allow that for ourselves, it gets, it doesn't go away. <laughs> we know that, right. Then it can manifest in different ways. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I just think your, your story illuminates that component of being a human, um, very well. And I guess my question for you in this is, you know, you're, you are a young woman, you were an even younger woman at the time. How did you, how did you know to allow yourself to have this process? Even if it was something where it was like, Hey, I'm going to grieve this, or I'm going to feel this so intensely that I, I cry around it maybe for 365 days straight. Like, how did you have the inner sense of knowing that that was a good thing for your process? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I don't know that it was something that I knew that I had to do, but it just felt natural to me. Um, My whole life, I've been such a deeply feeling person and so emotional. And like you said, I love that you brought up that it's almost seen in our society as a weakness. Um, Because even growing up, my mom would, you know, bless her heart, she's not a very emotional person. (laughs) Um, So she would always, you know, criticize me for being emotional. And she would say things to me like, you know, I'm worried for when you have your first boyfriend, because I don't know what you're going to do. Like, you're so emotional. (laughs) Like, I'm worried for that experience. Um, So I was always kind of criticized for being such an emotional person. And I think in that moment, I finally just embraced it. And I knew that it's what I needed to do in order to heal. And I think it really helped that I was like in the wellness space already. So I started to really learn about, you know, um, like toxic patterns and cycles and that you basically are what you attract. And during this time too, I got really into manifestation and, I just realized like this experience didn't happen to me. It happened for me to teach me something, you know? Um, And I just knew that I needed to change something. And I knew that it wasn't something on the outside of me because I did that my whole life and I tried that and it never worked. So this was like my chance to finally go inward and change that within myself. Yeah. I love too, how you mentioned, right? Like you would go on walks or you would be with yourself without music or without podcasts. And I think that's so important. Like it's so important when we're in transition to really be with ourselves and maybe that's just through journaling for someone else. Or, you know, I know you also mentioned you also did journaling, but, um, it's, it can be hard to be alone with our thoughts and, when you guys were talking, it reminded me too, of we recently had a guest on, she was a return guest and she's a, a friend of ours in the wellness space, Amrit Sadna Boyd. And she is an herbalist and anxiety coach. And she, um, she shared an example in like nature, which I think is really cool. And she shared that, um, how animals, right? Like if you watch like a deer, I don't know if this is the exact example she used, but I think it might've been, but if you watch a deer, um, after they're 
they've escaped like a predator, like let's say a, an animal is chasing it to eat it and it gets away and it escapes. Um, what happens after is the, the animal will shake its whole body. Once it knows it's safe, the whole body will shake to get rid of that emotion before it can continue and move on the whole body shakes to get it out. And, um, when she shared that example, like that's how animals are supposed to be. Right. But humans, as Ali was sharing too, we don't do that. Right. Like, I think it's actually really beautiful that you've always been a feeler. Cause I certainly am not, um, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more of a feeler actually just in the last couple of years. I really, um, cracked open that part of myself, but I wasn't a feeler. And so, it, those emotions get stored in the body if we don't release them. So I often think about that example in nature with animals of like, you got to get it out, right? Or else it's just going to stay in you and repeat right through. I think that's why, right? Like a lot of people get out of one toxic relationship and just go to another toxic relationship or they end one diet cycle and go to another diet cycle, right? It's like, the patterns and cycles continue if we don't actually deal with the emotions in our body. And I do think it's really cool as well as a part of your story is it's so interesting, right? Like even before you left the toxic relationship, even before you, um, started on your healing journey, something in you, right? Like that inner light was guiding you towards, Oh, a nutrition course. Oh, yoga instruction, right? Like it was guiding you. And I think that's, really cool. And I think a lot of people have that before they make a big life change. It's just, we don't realize it until afterwards. And so, um, yeah, before we move on and talk about the work you do now, cause I am so curious as to how, right. This, how, how you help others do the same. I know a lot of people in the last couple of years, um, have ended a lot of relationships, right? I feel like that's such a theme is like people ending and leaving relationships right now. And so just if you could share with our listeners who may be going through it or who may be in a toxic situation, what, uh, what ultimately gave you that courage or what was that final straw to be like, well, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm done now. This episode is brought to you by base. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested with base at home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with, or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month 
or quarterly, or you can start with Base Complete, which are eight tests upfront for $450. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWPODCAST. To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWpodcast to receive 20% off with code CWpodcast at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. Yeah, that's an amazing question. Um, It definitely was a journey, and I'm sure everyone listening to this who is in a toxic relationship knows how hard it is to leave. So I won't say that it was easy. It was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Um, So actually when we broke up and I went on my self-love and healing journey, there were definitely moments where, you know, I, I didn't fully go back into a relationship with this person, but you know, it was, we were like back and forth and it was really hard for me to fully, fully let go of them being in my life at all. Um, And I really think that the moment I loved myself, truly, truly loved myself, it's kind of interesting, but I wasn't even attracted to this person anymore. Like, I thought of them and I was like, ugh, like, you know, even if they wanted to be with me and like everything, you know, they change or whatever, like you tell yourself, like, I don't even want to be with this person anymore. And I think it's truly when you love yourself that you're not even attracted to those things anymore. And it's not even something you consider or want to do. Um, And And it's definitely a process. Again, it's not easy. I had so many moments where God was literally screaming at me to leave this relationship. Even, um, you know, there was this moment where I almost died one night um, at the beach hanging out with this person. And that was like the biggest wake up call for me. And I think sometimes it really takes you you know, getting to rock bottom to finally leave, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, I think the more I loved myself, and the more I committed to that journey, it just naturally happened. And that's what I tell people is like, once you start to heal on the inside, everything on the outside kind of falls into place so naturally, because you really do start to be attracted to different things and want different things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I think you make a good point that it isn't, I understand that, that experience. And I think anybody who's ever had to leave a relationship that they just know wasn't serving them. Um, because you can't serve yourself in that kind of dynamic either. You, you know, it's like this sense of self, um, betrayal or something that happens while you also remain in that pattern in a relationship that's not good for you. Um, and so thank you for sharing so openly about that, because I do think, as Erica said, there are people, I mean, so many, so many people, um, have had that experience or may have that experience or may be in that kind of experience. Um, so I think hearing, you know, stories where other people have, you know, grown, developed the courage to choose something else for themselves is, um, it can be empowering because you don't, because oftentimes I think you can feel alone in those kinds of circumstances. Um, 
Yes. And I also appreciate you sharing that because the transformation happens in a lot of ways within you, that then you're like you said, what you're attracted to in, in a lot of different ways. And maybe, yes, it's physical attraction, but also personality and all of the other things that come along with spending time with the person. Also your interest transforms along with, with you and your inner world. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so as Erica had, you know, touched on before, we want to understand now, like you are a wellness embodiment coach. You do have a background in nutritional science. How do you, how do you work with clients? How did you like transition your personal experiences into, um, working as a coach and, and what does that work look like for your, uh, for your clients? Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because since I am passionate about so many different things, um, I work with a lot of different clients on a lot of different things. So like I have clients that I'm working with on getting out of toxic relationship cycles and toxic dating cycles. And then I have clients who struggle with disordered eating. Um, I have clients who just simply want to feel better on a mind, body, and soul level. Um, So I really do work with so many different women who are struggling with so many different things, um, which for me is perfect because I'm someone who um, I recently learned that my human design is a manifesting generator. And that just like really made sense of who I am, like after not understanding myself for so long, because I've always been so passionate about so much. And I've tried to like fit into a specific niche or like only do one thing. And that never worked for me. And now knowing that I'm not meant to was so helpful and eye opening. Um, So yeah, I work with women on, you know, a lot, a lot of different things. But I really, at the core of everyone that I work with, I really start off understanding why, like, why are you stuck in this toxic cycle? Why are you stuck in this toxic pattern? Um, What trauma do we need to address that you still haven't healed from? Like, what is the root cause? Because if we don't figure out the root cause, it's never actually, actually going to change on a sustainable level. So we really always start there and then work our way up. I love that. I love that. I love that. You know, your human design. Do you know your astrology, your big three? I do. Yeah. You want to share? Can you share with us? Yeah. So my sun is Aquarius. My moon is in Virgo and my rising. It's confusing because I am on the cusp. So some places will say Pisces and some say Aquarius. Wow. I do resonate with the Pisces because I I'm a big crier and I'm like, I need to have water in there somewhere. So I'm pretty sure I have that. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. I love, I love astrology. I love human design. I love all that. So I think it's fun to share when I, when I listen to podcasts, I often am wondering, I wonder what it is. So, okay. Now we all know as we continue the conversation, um, I'm an Aquarius moon. So I love an Aquarius. Um, very much. Uh, okay. So my question though, (laughs) what you shared is I love that too, right? I, we fully agree, right? If we don't get to the root, then we're just dealing with the symptom. Right. And that I think is when, um, patterns continue, right. Until we deal with the root, the pattern continues. So 
for any of our listeners who are listening here, and might not have the opportunity to work with a coach. Do you have any tangible tips to help us get to the why? Like if anyone's listening and they're like, I want to know why these patterns continue in my life, where would you recommend they start today after listening to this conversation? Yeah. Um, just by having awareness. So I would just sit and journal on these questions and just ask yourself, like, what patterns in my life do I have a hard time breaking or what toxic cycles am I stuck in in the first place? So just noticing and having awareness is definitely a really big step. And then even just setting the intention of I want to change these cycles, even if I don't know how, I think that was the best Um, advice that I've ever received was from one of the yoga teachers in my yoga teacher training. And she was like, you know, we all have toxic cycles that we're stuck in, and they can sometimes seem so impossible to break free from. But even just setting the intention of like, I want to break the cycle, eventually, when it's time, you're going to break that cycle, and you're going to be led to whatever it is that will finally help you rid yourself of that cycle. And it'll always happen at the perfect time. So I think just first having awareness and then just setting that intention of like, these are the cycles that I want to break. Um, I think those are, that's a great place to start. Yeah, it makes sense because a lot of times these are, we're not conscious of them. So just trying to like bring it to consciousness or to awareness in the first place. Um, doesn't mean that they go away right away once we have awareness about it, but it's sort of like that first um, step to helping the process. And it sounds like you have a lot of sort of developed faith. I don't know if that's like a structured faith that you practice or if it's um, something that's just like a part of your sort of spiritual life, but do you have any sort of um, practice that that works for you that kind of develops your ability to have faith about like, Oh, something's going to come. The opportunity is going to come up for me to be able to transform this pattern. Yeah. Um, so honestly, my faith, I would say is the number one reason that I was able to heal from all of these toxic cycles and patterns. And it's really interesting because, um, I guess I have my own idea and I kind of figured out something that worked for me. Um, So I've always had a close connection to God and my spirituality from a really young age. I grew up Jewish, so my parents are both Jewish. Uh, My mom is from Israel, so I've always been really close to that side of of me. Um, And every night before I would go to bed, even as a young girl, I would pray to God every single night. And then as I got older, I kind of like shifted away from that. And I wasn't, you know, as, as connected to my faith. And I wasn't really sure, like, you know, what that meant to me. And I got more into spirituality practices. Um, And then when I kind of hit rock bottom with my breakup and my toxic relationship, I found, um, I found a Christian church. So one of my friends who's Jewish, actually, super random was like, Oh, I've been going to this church, if you want to check it out. And I was like, Okay, sure. Like, at this point, I'll try anything. Why not? Um, so I like fell in love. And I ended up going to that church every single week for like a year by myself. 
Um, and that was so healing for me. Um, and you know, I wouldn't consider myself like, I don't follow, I don't like labeling. Like, I don't think it's about religion. I think it's just about, um, my connection with God and like, whatever that means to you, I think is beautiful. But for me, you know, I love Jesus. I also love Judaism. I love, you know, a lot of different spiritual practices. So I think at the core, it's just having that faith in God and that there's somebody out there who's looking out for me and who always has my best interests at heart. I think that has just like saved me and is, is able to, it was also a big part of just healing my relationship with myself because it made me feel like I'm never alone. And there's always somebody out there who's with me, even when I feel alone and like I'm worthless. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I think your spiritual journey is so beautiful. I um my parents are both culturally they they were both grew up Jewish. I actually I did my ancestry. I'm a hundred percent European Jewish, which is apparently very rare to get like a hundred percent. Um yeah, hundred percent. So both of my parents are Jewish, but they they both found Buddhism before I was born. So I was raised in a Buddhist household and home. And I, um, Ali and I met through my Buddhist, our Buddhist practice. And, um, I definitely practice Buddhism and that's like my spiritual center and core, but it's interesting as you get older, like I've also, the older I get, the more I identify with like cultural Judaism a lot more than I did when I was younger, like bringing in traditions into the home and, um, you know, like we have, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's beautiful. Like spiritual journeys are really, so I wouldn't say I'm a, like, I don't practice Judaism, but I really appreciate the traditions and the culture, the older I get. So, um, yeah, I think it's really beautiful. You sharing your journey too, and your journey with spirituality. I think it's, yeah, it's beautiful and it's a journey. And I think fundamentally, I think all spirituality should bring us back to ourselves, right. And heal hopefully help us in our relationships with ourselves. And I think that's exactly what it did for you. So yeah, thank you for sharing that with our audience and with us. I'm curious too, and this is sorry, like left turn, but when I was reading on your website too, to preparing for this interview, I noticed that you mentioned that you don't drink alcohol, which I always think is a really interesting conversation, especially for young people, you are like a young woman in your twenties. Can you talk to us a little bit about that decision and what that's looked like for you as like a social 20 something in the United States? (laughs) We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. 
I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Super Goop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Super Goop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk and Honey Signature Massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely had a long journey with alcohol. Um, I don't think that it ever really, um, served me and I guess my body never reacted super well to it, but you know, when I was younger, I would get drunk and I've had a bunch of those experiences. Um, and how I mentioned before that night that I almost died, I think was actually a really big part of my decision to stop drinking. Um, I'm going to get really vulnerable with you guys. I don't know if I've like shared this anywhere before, but it just feels right too. So I will. Um, But so basically what happened was, you know, I was no longer with my ex, but, you know, we were still in contact and would hang out sometimes. And at this point, still, I really didn't love myself and I was just craving this person's love. So like anytime he would call me to hang out, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Be there in 10 seconds. Um, so, you know, one day he invited me to go to the beach with him and I was like, okay, sure. And, um, he made a comment to me cause he was dating this other girl at the time as well. And he made a comment to me of like, you know, why can't you be fun like her? Like, why can't you get drunk like her? And I was like, you know, I wanted anything to, um, get this person's approval. So I was like, okay, whatever, like, let's get drunk. And we ended up drinking 
we bought a bottle of tequila and we ended up finishing the full bottle and I'm small I'm a lightweight so for me this was a lot like we finished a full bottle in less than an hour like at the beach in the burning hot sun and basically what ended up happening was I I passed out and I woke up, it was dark, there was no one around me. And I like screamed for, you know, his name, nowhere to be found. And um, this is like a big, big reason that I, you know, strengthened my relationship with God too, as I just like woke up. This was Venice Beach, by the way. So I'm sure you guys know, there's like so many homeless at night. Um, and I could not move like I was immobile. And I remember just praying in my head actually like a Jewish prayer just over and over and over and over because that's all I could do and then eventually um I found out later that a lifeguard who the next day told me like you know you're really lucky because I am never out there that late but it was St. Patrick's Day so I figured like you know I'll make another round I'll stay out a little bit later and he was like if I didn't find you when I did like you were so close to the water and you couldn't move. So like you would have drowned. Like he basically was like, you would have died if I didn't find you. And I had my new iPhone with me, just bought it like the day before. I had my wallet, my car keys, and all of it was still there, which to me was like, how did somebody not, you know, come and first of all, like, I don't know, take me like God knows where, like take my stuff. Um, and it was in that moment where I was like, I'm meant to be here. Like I have such a big purpose and I'm wasting, you know, I'm wasting it away on somebody who does not care about me. And I'm wasting my life being stuck in this toxic cycle. And um, I think in that moment too, like I just really started to realize like, you know, I shouldn't be ashamed that I don't really like to get drunk. I shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that I'm young and I don't like to drink alcohol. Um, and that's when I really started to pay attention to that. And I think, you know, a big part of it for sure is like when I drink, a lot of that trauma would come up for me. Um, but yeah, I just realized that it doesn't make me the best version of myself and it's not serving me in any way. There's no benefits to drinking alcohol. And I think the more confident I am in, in who I am and the more I love myself, I'm just like, you know, I don't care what other people think. And, you know, now that I'm in a healthy relationship, my boyfriend never judges me. Like he loves to drink, but he never judges me for not drinking. And, you know, sometimes I would still be really self-conscious about it. And I would ask him like, are you sure? Like, it doesn't bother you that I don't drink. He's like, no, like I literally could care less. And I think just having that different example and being around friends who, and, you know, a partner who literally don't care less if I drink or not has been so healing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a journey to finally have the confidence to stop drinking when so many people are judging me for it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's probably a hard story to talk about, but we appreciate it. And I, you know, I think you bring up a lot of good points to that. And Erica's talked about this a little bit because you've also like given up 
per- for periods of time. You and I'm yeah, I'm going the whole current. year right now. Yeah, I'm currently yeah. I'm I'm not I've taken the whole year off from drinking for um so yeah, I will not be drinking until at least October of 2022, but it's really serving me not drinking in a similar way. I am. And, and again, like, I also want to thank you and then I'll give it back to you, Allie. I want to thank you for sharing that story because I know so many people have that story and don't talk about it like at all. Like I, I know many people in my own friend group in life who have like, you know, been there, not, you know, like had alcohol poisoning or whatever, you know, it's, it's a real thing that happens, especially in those college years and people don't talk about it. And I think alcohol doesn't serve a lot of us and we don't talk about it or we just keep drinking because it's a social norm. And yeah, for me, alcohol was not serving me. It gives me terrible anxiety. Um, especially for me, a big part of it, my husband doesn't drink actually at all. He stopped drinking after college. And, um, but I have a lot of re-entry anxiety post pandemic, like a lot of re-entry anxiety and, um, I'm socially anxious in general, but that's another, that's another story. But I was finding every time I was social in like post pandemic, Mm -hmm. I would drink more and more and more. And then the anxiety would be so un like everything that it was masking would be, uh, exemplified the next day, right? Like the panic would be so bad the next day that I was like, Oh, like until I don't, I can't drink until I don't have that anymore. So that's the year. I mean, that's like the spark notes version, but I've, I've really committed that I'm going to go until at least October and then reevaluate if it will serve me or if, if it won't, but I don't think I will drink the way I was drinking during the pandemic ever again. So Anyway, that's just where I'm at with my alcohol journey. And I really appreciate you sharing your journey. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to you, Allie. <laughs> no, I mean, thanks for, yeah, for adding that in. Cause I know it's a part of what you're sort of also going through right now. And we've talked about, um, like this movement of sober curiosity, <laughs> I think that exists now too, which even myself, like I enjoy drinks now and then. And when I do, I, I choose ones that I don't feel crappy from. Like I've gotten to the point where it's like, Oh, I know this. I will feel like shit tomorrow. And I know even if I have like a a glass and I know this, I I'll feel okay. I'll be fine. And I really enjoy it. So I've been able to like get to the point where I can make those choices when, and if they serve me, um, even if it's just like an enjoyment, serving me from a place of enjoyment. But I do think something that you bring up is really important to talk about. And I, I think it might be shifting because, you know, we're having this conversation is 20 somethings and 30 somethings. And, um, the culture for so long has been like a drinking culture. Um, in this for young 20 somethings specifically for those college years, for those like, you know, party years and the idea that we can even be young, you know, adults beyond the college years. Um, I'm going to classify myself as a a young ish adult. You know, it's like, we can all be social and have enjoyment and it doesn't need to depend on alcohol. 
-hmm. And that can be integrated individually for each person as it works for them or not, but it doesn't have to depend on like, you're not fun. If you can't this, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't know where that came from, but I think that might be shifting because more and more people of a certain generation are starting to say like, Hey, it might not be like, Oh, I have an extreme problem surrounding alcohol, but I also might feel like it's not really serving me. And like those things can there's so many spots on the spectrum of, you know, individual relationships with it that I'm hoping that people who also are just like saying, Hey, I don't really think this is serving me, or maybe it's not serving me right now are starting to change the like social culture around it. Because I do know we have explored more and more that there's this real sober, curious movement. There are products now that are in bars and in stores we just did an episode with um, founders of like a really kind of beautiful non-alcoholic wine line that Erica really enjoys um, with botanicals. And there's all these like, you know, drinks, fun party drinks with adaptogens, not a lot of sugar, like that make you feel actually good, that actually have nutritional benefits and are delicious and fun that didn't exist five years ago, that didn't exist 10 years ago. And so- I don't know. I guess my point is you sharing this too, this idea of like, we can have fun, full social lives without the culture having to revolve around alcohol consumption and the right people supporting you. I think is it's interesting because this isn't my first, I I wasn't a big drinker before the pandemic, but you know, anxiety, I think you and I both have, right. Like when you're anxiety prone, alcohol is, is hard. It just never was the anxiety was never as bad as it became in the pandemic and post pandemic for me, but I've taken breaks from drinking before. And it's always interesting who comments or who isn't happy about it as opposed to where. So I just wouldn't talk about it, you know? So that was, you know, in the past, but this weekend, for instance, I'm going on a birthday trip with a friend and I'm bringing that starless sparkling rosé so I can like be in the party, and like be in enjoyment, but I'm not drinking, you know, um, but I'll have my, you know, non-alcoholic sparkling rosé, which is delicious or kombucha. And yeah, it's, uh, it's really easy, I think now more than ever, but I think there is still a stigma around it that I don't think we'll be there in about 10 years. So thank you for sharing your journey because you're helping to destigmatize, I think, younger people choosing not to drink, right? Just because it doesn't serve them or make them feel very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. I mean, you're such a light and a wealth of knowledge and information. And again, I think your journey is so courageous and everything you've shared with us today is so courageous. And just before we wrap up and conclude, just to kind of like bring it all full circle, you mentioned you have a new partner and a new boyfriend. Can you talk about that part of the journey? Um, just to bring us home about how you were able to get to that place of finding love again. Yeah. Um, It's really interesting um, because my journey is kind of like flip-flopped, I guess. So 
Um, and I guess trauma will do this to you. But basically, when I left my toxic relationship, at this point, I still didn't realize like how I didn't realize that it was abusive. I just knew that it wasn't serving me. Um, and it wasn't until I actually was in a healthy relationship that my body felt safe to process all of the trauma. So I actually didn't realize that I was in such an abusive narcissistic relationship until I was in a healthy one. And I had the space to finally process like everything that I went through. Um, so I think a big part of it was like, I still was so, um, you know, open and trusting when it came to love because I didn't fully understand the depths of like what I went through. Um, but I think, again, it all goes back to just like healing that relationship with myself and committing to not dating anybody, like not, you know, even talking to anyone else until I felt secure in who I was and knew what it is that I wanted. And I, I did get really, really clear on like what kind of partner I wanted. And I made a list and, you know, I focused on just feeling truly whole on my own and not just saying that I, you know, loved being alone and like not actually meaning it, but really getting to a place where like, actually I love being by myself. Like I love going on trips alone. I love my own company. Um, you know, I was taking myself on dates and trips all by myself and like genuinely had a great time and genuinely got to a place where I was like, I don't, need someone to fulfill me, but I'm still wanting, you know, a partner. And I, again, it goes back to the faith that I knew that it would come when the time was right and not forcing anything. And actually when I met my partner, he was in another relationship and it's really funny, but the second I, you know, made eye contact with him, I had this weird feeling, which has never happened to me before. I was like, this person is going to be my boyfriend. Like I, I just know it. Like I feel such a strong love for this person who I don't even know. Like it was crazy. And, you know, he was in a relationship and obviously I didn't try to like mess with that at all, but I was just patient. I was like, I just have a feeling that we're going to end up together. And again, I just trusted the process. I still like enjoyed my own company and like enjoyed being on my own until eventually they ended up breaking up and like we started dating. But it, the whole process was really funny because I just like had such a deep faith that if it was meant to be, it would be, but I still wasn't attached to it. And yeah, I think what helped the most was number one, just like healing that relationship with myself and two, getting clear on what it is that I wanted. And it's really funny, but basically what I did a year prior was I made a list of all the qualities I wanted in a partner and I put it all in a jar and then I just like released it, never looked at it again. And then when we started dating, I was like, hmm, I'm like curious to see what I wrote on that list. And I took it out and I read it. And it was kind of scary because every single quality that was on that list, my partner had. And I was like, wow, this stuff, this stuff works. Like just setting the intention of what it is you desire and letting it go and believing that it'll come to you. Like it truly, truly works. So 
um, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing and congratulations. I'm yeah. happy that you have a happy partnership. Yeah. I was going to share. I did the list too. It's so funny. I was encouraged. It's so funny. In my Buddhist faith, someone had told me to do that. And I did it right before I met my partner and there's like crazy, crazy stuff. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy how that works. So I, I had the, I, yes, if you're listening, write that list and put it away, <laughs> see what yep. happens. Um, yeah. So, um, as we wrap up, we ask all of our guests three, uh, like three short wrap up questions. And so the first one is, um, how do you take care of yourself now on a daily basis? What does your daily self-care look like? And do you have a, any non-negotiables? Yeah. So, um, my morning routine changes daily, but I think just sticking to a morning routine is a non-negotiable for me. So before I start any work or getting into my day, most of the days, um, ideally this happens every day. Sometimes it doesn't, but just, you know, spending time with myself in the morning. Um, I always have coffee first thing in the morning, and then I just sit with my journal And I just journal on how I'm feeling and what I want my day to look like and what I'm working on and do like a simple little breathing exercise to connect back with my body. Um, And my morning routine has become a lot more simplified. I used to have like a crazy list of things I had to do to feel connected with myself and good. And now it's just really simple, just listening to what it is that I need every single morning and giving that to myself. Thank you. The next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? I think it's doing the hard work to heal, even though it's difficult and it's going to suck at times and it's not always a fun journey, but I think committing to healing so that you can show up as your best self, your highest self, and just live your dream life. I think that is courage to do the hard things, um, even when you don't want to. (laughs) Yes. And, um, the final one is, do you have a book recommendation or any piece of content that really has resonated, um, a lot with you that you'd want to share with our listeners? And it can be literally on any topic. Yeah. So when it came to healing my relationship with food, um, the book Woman, Food, and God um, changed my life. I think everyone who's struggling with their relationship with food should read that book. Um, Yeah, that's my. Yes, I agree. That's one of my favorites too. And it helped me quite a bit. So thank you for sharing that. I double recommend. (laughs) So if anyone wants to find you, follow you, work with you, listen to your podcast, where can they do all of the things? Yeah. So all of my socials are Rachel underscore cats, K-A-T-Z underscore. Um, And then you can find me on the full life by Rachel.com. And my podcast is The Full Life by Rachel, which you both are going to be on. So excited. Um, And yeah, all of the information is on my Instagram bio. So if you tap that link in my bio, it'll show you ways to work with me, um, all of the ways to listen to the podcast and all of my socials and my Facebook group and all of that information. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we can't wait to be on your show too. And thank you, Rachel, for sharing everything with us today. It was, it was a real pleasure to get to know you. Of course. Thank you both for having me. It was so awesome. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.